Hit it. Love Talk Radio. What you got? Welcome to the Koi Pond and Water Garden Podcast. A podcast for the aquatically obsessed. With your host, Mike Gannon, the Pond Hunter. In pursuit of all things aquatic, bringing you Koi Pond and Water Garden advice straight from the field. The show starts now. Right, right now, this episode number 76 of the Koi Pond Water Garden podcast is brought to you by That Pond Place. That Pond Place, located in the beautiful highlands of New Jersey, is the newest destination location for koi pond water garden and all type of water feature related supplies and materials colorful koi fish beautiful aquatic plants and everything you need for your koi pond water garden or water feature that pond place at 2656 route 57 stewartsville new jersey 908-329-6176 that pond place that pondplace.com check them out the latest destination location for koi ponds, water gardens, and water features. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Mike Gannon, and this is episode number 76. In the latest podcast, we've been focusing on ponds and conservation. Conservation and ponds go hand in hand. It's been my contention that ponds are one of the most powerful tools that an individual can use toward conservation efforts. Ponds have a huge impact on their surrounding areas and environments. Most of the impact that is created could fall under the umbrella of conservation. Conservation, as defined by Webster, is a careful preservation and protection of something, especially planned management of a natural resource to prevent exploitation, destruction, or neglect. Sounds simple, yeah? Oh, but Conservation is a big, big topic and a really big subject. So in these podcasts, I'm looking at how ponds and conservation interplay from several different perspectives. I'm exploring how ponds, our backyard koi ponds, water gardens, and water features impact certain species, animals, insects, and plants. Just that is huge when spread across animals, insects, and plants. So this podcast is going to be focused on the conservation of bees and how ponds might play a role in that. Usually when I talk about getting a buzz, it's not about bees, but let's get our buzz on. I've been designing, installing, and servicing koi ponds, water gardens, water features of all types for a long time, 25 years, 26 years. And in that time, I've had the opportunity to observe how conservation is complemented by our ponds. My company is uh, called Full Service Aquatics. We're based out of New Jersey, but we work on ponds like building ponds, different projects, waterfall displays. We're based in New Jersey, but we do that just about anywhere. Some of our best work has been out on the road. Anyway, uh, I'm a pond professional. My company creates world-class water features. My website is fullserviceaquatics.com. My phone is 908-277-6000. If you're ever considering a project or know of someone who is, get in touch with me pronto. Now, remember, fullserviceaquatics.com. 
I'd be happy to be part of your project. So anyway, let's take a look at the subject of bees, ponds, and conservation. Let's approach this in a roundabout way. Um, we're all familiar with bees, I'm assuming, perhaps due to fascination with these absolutely amazing creatures or maybe due to fear of these creatures. However it happens, most people have some knowledge of bees. But most of us have no real knowledge of why bees would be important to us. Let's start at our stomach. The way to bring peas into, bees into our heart is through the stomach. Or at least the saying goes something like that. Don't quote me on that. Um, do you like food? Right? I don't mean in the foodie sense. I mean, do you like having a source of food in your life? And I don't mean a source of food like a supermarket or a restaurant. I mean like food, actual food, crops, animal kind of food, vegetables, and meats. Of course, to be a foodie, you'll likely need a place like a supermarket. And to have a supermarket, you'll need food, vegetables and meats, that kind of food. And you know what you need to produce those vegetables and meats? A lot of things. You need a lot of things to come together to get the, those veggies, that carne, to nourish you and your family. Among those very crucial elements that come together to allow us to eat and have food are the bees, pollinator bees. Pollinators, bees and others, are key to the production of fruits, vegetables, nuts, seeds, oils, the things we eat and use every day. I believe close to 75% of the world's crop production for human consumption depend at least in part on pollinators. Pollination is the highest agricultural contributor to production yields worldwide, far beyond any other agricultural management practice. Obviously, bees and other pollinators make important contributions to agriculture. Some of our favorite products like coffee and cocoa depend on pollination. There's a problem, though. Throughout the world, there has been significant losses in bee habitat. In the United States alone, places like Great Grassland Prairie, one, complex habitats which supported numerous pollinators and innumerable other species are now virtually non-existent. Studies indicate that a 99.5% loss of this habitat since the late 1800s mostly because of modern agricultural practices. As great or terrible uh, of an example as that is, depending on how you look at it, the habitat loss goes well beyond those losses. Housing, industry, building cities, highways, etc., have all kept the loss of habitat on the increase and pressure on bees to adapt. The ability to adapt is not as fast as mankind's ability to destroy. It's a real issue. It, it affects us all. Even the U.S. government has turned an eye onto the subject of pollinator and honeybees. And here's actually something from the White House website. I'm, I'm going to just read what they say in, in part of an article titled Economic Importance of Pollinators. So I quote this. Insect pollination is integral to food security in the United States. Honeybees enable the production of at least 90 commercially grown crops in North America. Globally, 87 of the leading 115 food crops are dependent upon pollinators, making up 
35% of global food production. Pollinators contribute more than $24 billion to the United States economy, of which honeybees account for more than $15 billion through their vital role in keeping fruits, nuts, and vegetables in our diets. Native wild pollinators, such as bumblebees and alfalfa leafcutter bees, also contribute substantially to the domestic economy. In 2009, the crop benefits from native insect population pollination in the United States were valued at more than $9 billion. Let's quote, and it goes on to say, administration actions taken. In response to the challenges to commercial beekeeping, the president's budget recommends approximately $50 million across multiple agencies within the USDA to enhance research at USDA and through public-private grants, strengthen pollinator habitat in core areas, double the number of acres in the conservation reserve program that are dedicated to pollinator health, and increase funding for surveys to determine the impacts on pollinator losses. That is from the White House. It's, it's serious shit. And most of us are blind to this reality. We don't even know this, this stuff is going on. So what can we do? How does bee and pollinator conservation fit together with pond keeping? Obviously, they are, there are entire governments trying to address this situation. What can we do? We are but simple pond keepers. The forces that seem to be doing the damage of habitat destruction, habitat loss, and habitat extermination seem so powerful, so domineering. What, what can we do? As pond keepers, we're already doing quite a bit toward remediating this problem, whether it is our intention or not. We may have a koi pond or a water garden, maybe a water feature such as a waterfall or a fountain type of display. Let's be honest, even a drippy outdoor faucet helps. Um, but our ponds are tremendous tools of conservation for many, many reasons, but with particular benefit towards bees and pollinators in general. So if you're a pond keeper, you're already helping, but there are things you can do to improve your efforts. You can make your water feature more bee friendly, and it's easy. It's interesting to know that bees really do use our ponds. Let's talk about why bees need water and how bees use water. Then we'll get into what we can do to help. So how bees use water. Bees like all living creatures, need water for a multiplicity of reasons, some for health, some for home. Honeybees are foragers. At least the ones we see are foragers. Honeybee society is a very complex, so some bees never even leave the hive. The bees we see out and about are foraging. They are the worker bees. Foraging is the main occupation of the worker bees that we see. They're out there collecting sustenance for the hive. Bee foragers collect four different things from the environment, pollen, nectar, propolis, and water. The body design of these foraging worker bees is highly specialized. Pollen and propolis are carried in essentially baskets on the bee's hind legs. Water and nectar are carried internally in the bee's crop. This design makes them very efficient at their job, their only job. 
In most cases, a bee will collect the same thing all day, one trip after another, after another, after another, from sunrise till twilight. Once a water-carrying bee transfers her load of water to a house bee, the worker bee goes back to the same source and will fill her crop until the source is no longer bountiful. Sometimes a forager can find a house bee willing to accept her load of water. If that happens, the bee knows the colony now has all the water it needs. It's a strict, single-function lifestyle for bees in these hives, bringing back sustenance to the entire population. But what do they do with the water? Bees do not store water in their hives. When they need water, worker bees go get water from outside of the hive. Bees will typically create a hive within proximity to water. That's part of the location criteria for beehives. A source of nice water close to the hive makes quite a difference for a hive that does not have to travel far for water. Ponds like yours and mine can provide that water. But what will these bees do with it? Well, one thing they do is they use it for humidity. One way bees use water is to create humidity in the hive. Humidity levels are important for the structure of the hive itself, the health of the bees and larvae, and the stored food supplies as well. Um, they use it for dilution. They, then they use water to access those food supplies. Honey, sugar, pollen, and nectar all need to be diluted for the bees to actually eat them and use them. Those foods don't have much moisture at all and need water to make it usable. Diluting the, these materials with the collected water is a big part of how bees use water within a hive. Digestion, the process for bees, requires water as well. One food, once food supplies can be accessed through dilution, the bees need water to digest and process these foods. Um, larvae food, another type of bee in the hive is the nurse bee who feeds the developing larvae. So nurse bees consume large amounts of pollen, nectar, and water to produce the jelly that's used to feed the larvae. A larvae diet can consist of water up to 80% the first day of larval growth, and still about 55% at the end of the first week of development. So that's a, quite a bit of their diet. Um, cooling, the regulation of temperature in the hive is incredibly important. It can't be too hot or too cold, Extremes in either direction are deadly to the colony. If temperatures are too high, the wax structure can sag or break. The larvae could also be killed from higher temperatures. Water is used as air conditioning for bees. The bees will strategically distribute water within the hive, and in a mass action, the worker bees will collectively line up and beat their wings at a very high rate of speed, which creates airflow, enough to evaporate the water which then cools the interior of the hive. Pretty amazing process. And another critical element of hive success that requires water. Clearly, honeybees need water. It's crucial. Pollinators need water. We can all agree. So the question comes up again, what can we do in this conservation effort? How can a pond help? We just have, just simply having a pond helps. You're helping if you intend to or not. But if you want to get a bit more focused, you could actually build a bee pond. They're easy and inexpensive. This is like a DIY project. 
really a, a week, weekend day project. Um, bee ponds and water gardens share similar traits. Bee ponds can be small in size and pretty shallow, um, but check this out. Bees can't swim, so whatever source of water you offer, make sure that there's a safe way for the bees to collect the water. <coughs> shallow and wide is good for bees. Plan out a decent size for your bee pond. Add some rocks and gravel to the interior and exterior. Add aquatic plants, like some floating plants or sub submerged plants that come to the surface. Bees will pretty quickly utilize lily pads as collection areas. Other plants like water lettuce and water hyacinth are also great. Frogbit, azola, floating salvinia are all excellent plant choices for bees as well. Plants help provide food for bees too. Uh, bee ponds can even have goldfish and snails to make a more complex ecosystem within your bee pond, if, bee pond, if you have enough depth to do that. Um, my company, Full Service Aquatics, is going to start offering these type of ponds as well. We're kind of we'll go into this, so it'll be a, an inexpensive approach, be a simple way. You know, we do all sorts of ponds. We do fish ponds, of course, dog ponds, water gardens, goldfish ponds, wildlife ponds. But uh, we actually have yet to install a bee pond, and I've been installing for 26 years. I think they'll make a buzz with our clients. I can really see clients, um, you know, fall in love with something like a bee pond. I don't want to be – I don't want a, a couple um, bad bee puns to come and sting me with the listeners <laughs> – so a bee pond is a, is a great direct way in the conservation efforts toward our bees. Even something very simple like a bee waterer is great, or even a bird bath. So those are some great ideas to bring conservation into your grasp, into your realm, and to help one of the real uh, necessary species that just need conservation the efforts of that. So thanks for spending some time with me and exploring some of the ways that conservation and pond keeping are in many ways the same thing. In this sequence of podcasts, you'll find topics on other critters as well, bats, birds, all sorts of great stuff, the birds and the bees, bugs, the whole thing. What did the bee bank robber say to the tellers? Your honey or your life. <laughs> That's a pretty true story. Uh, why was the bee fired from the barber shop? He only knew how to give a buzz cut. Uh, you know, it's not a joke. I'm just I'm talking about real life situations. On that note, I'm your host, Mike Gannon. I'm a pond professional. I've been working in the pond industry for 26 years or so. I own a pond company, Full Service Aquatics, fullserviceaquatics.com. And, uh, Hey, if you want to get more involved with honeybee conservation, there are lots of ways to do that. Check out the American Beekeeping Federation. There is Beekeeping Conservancy, Planet Bee Foundation, or the National Wildlife Federation. You can even become a beekeeper. I'm sure that with a quick Google search, you'll find some local beekeeping groups that would be happy to help anyone get set up for beekeeping. So check those out as well. I will catch you next time on the Koi Pond water garden podcast please share and support this podcast if you enjoy it i would appreciate it and remember it is brought to you by that pond place located in the highlands of new jersey 
2656 Route 57 in Stewartsville, New Jersey. That Palm Place is the newest destination location for Koi Pond, Water Garden, and Water Feature, everything. Aquatic plants, colorful fish, all the supplies. Come on down, hang out, and enjoy the place. That Palm Place. If you want to find more pond-related content, you can check out some of my more, more of my stuff on YouTube, F- Facebook, Instagram. My company website is fullserviceaquatics.com. There's more podcasts and blog talk radio on uh, iTunes and various other platforms. We'll see you guys there. Thanks, everybody, and uh, take care. Take good care. We'll catch up with you soon. You have been listening to the Pond Hunter Radio Broadcast on Blog Talk Radio with your host, Mike Gannon, the Pond Hunter. In the pursuit of all things aquatic, broadcasting Wednesday nights on Blog Talk Radio. The Pond Hunter, keeping it pondy for the aquatically obsessed. Thanks for checking out the podcast, everybody. We will see you next time. Peace.